I want you to hit me as hard as you can. How could revered horror director Toby Hooper, with credits like Poltergeist and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre to his name, turn a $25 million FX-driven sci-fi movie about intergalactic bloodsuckers into a box office bomb? Better yet, how could Hooper fall so epically from grace at the time, and still make what would later ascend through home video to become a bona fide cult classic? Life Force went through a cavalcade of production problems during and after its lengthy shoot, going over budget and over schedule, with casting changes, script rewrites, censorship, and an original cut that was heavily re-edited by the production company before its release. And yet, despite the wildly chaotic production, Life Force has endured over the years to become an appreciated 80s horror flick. Let's head out into the cosmos and find out what the fuck happened to this movie. Adapted from Colin Wilson's 1976 novel, Space Vampires, Life Force follows a joint British-American crew aboard the space shuttle Churchill, sent to investigate the passing Halley's Comet, only to discover a mysterious spacecraft traveling with it. Upon inspection, the crew is shocked to learn that the alien craft is filled with the fossils of bat-like creatures from another part of the galaxy. The crew also finds the suspended and very naked bodies of three humanoids and takes them back aboard the Churchill for further examination. But when the shuttle returns to Earth adrift, a rescue mission is dispatched, only to find the crew has been scorched beyond recognition. The three alien beings are somehow intact and brought back to London, where the nude female space vampire then embarks on a gory reign of terror across England on her quest for global domination. Toby Hooper was coming off the massive commercial and critical success of Poltergeist, which by now we know that he may or may not have directed in full, and he signed a three-picture deal with the Canon Group. British director Michael Winner of Death Wish fame had already been considered, but producer Menachem Golan gave Hooper the book Space Vampires and strongly lobbied for the director to make it as his next film, and Hooper ultimately agreed. At the time, Canon was typically known for making lower-budget B-movies, but given the success of Poltergeist, the company handed Hooper a hefty budget to make an effects-filled summertime sci-fi spectacle. When Hooper agreed to helm the film, Cannon opted to change the name, as they thought Space Vampires was too much of a B-movie title, and it was renamed Life Force, after the spiritual energy the Space Vampires siphoned from their human victims. Some have considered the movie to be a big-budget remake of Hammer's Quatermass in the Pit, and Hooper himself had said, I thought I'd go back to my roots and make a 70mm Hammer film. Although several drafts had already been done, Life Force was officially written by Don Jacoby and alien scribe Dan O'Bannon. The director knew O'Bannon from Return of the Living Dead, which Hooper had planned to direct but left to work on Life Force instead. It was Hooper's idea to incorporate Halley's Comet into the script, as it was due to pass by Earth in 1986, the year after the movie's release but O'Bannon supposedly detested this addition to the script, which began a rift between him and Hooper that would only worsen as production progressed. The time frame of the story was also changed from the mid-21st century to the present day. When it came time for casting, Helter Skelter and the stuntman star Steve Railsback won the lead role of obsessed astronaut Tom Carlson. But it became clear that the most vital role to get right was for Space Girl, the statuesque vixen and vampire alien succubus that runs amok in London. Hundreds of actresses were auditioned for the part, in a search that spanned beyond England due to many British actresses being unwilling to perform the required amount of full frontal nudity. In fact, Space Girl only has a few minutes of screen time and is stark naked for nearly all of it. The backlash over the excessive nudity caused several German actresses auditioning to stage a boycott of the film. 
Ultimately, 18-year-old French ballet dancer Matilda May was chosen to play Space Girl, based on her comfort being nude in front of the camera. The catch was that May didn't speak a word of English. For her audition, May had to learn her lines phonetically. Once she was cast, she spent the next six months learning English during her stay in the UK, as the film continued pre-production, depending on the accents of her primary screen partners, Frank Finlay and Michael Gothard, to model for her dialect in the film. Casting continued to be an issue on Life Force. Sir John Gielgud was originally cast as Dr. Armstrong in the film, but bowed out when his salary was inexplicably cut in half during pre-production. He was replaced by a pre-Picard Patrick Stewart after filming was already underway. Stewart, who had his first on-screen kiss in the movie, has called Toby Hooper his favorite director to work with. At one point, Olivia Hussey was cast as Ellen Donaldson, but she quit after mistakenly thinking that she had to play the gratuitously naked space girl and not a woman possessed by her consciousness. Believe it or not, rock star Billy Idol was also offered a role as a vampire in the film, but was forced to decline due to his touring schedule. Hooper had directed Billy Idol's Dancing With Myself music video in 1983, his only credit between Poltergeist and Life Force, and he wanted to work with the spiky-haired musician again. However, the vampire role ultimately went to Christopher Jagger, younger brother of Rolling Stones frontman Mick. Cannon initially wanted Sir Anthony Hopkins for the role of Colonel Kane, but he turned it down. Michael Caine was also approached for the part, before Peter Firth was eventually cast. Additional actors up for various roles included Klaus Kinski, Terence Stamp, and the A-Team's leader, George Pippard. Initially scheduled for a 17-week shoot, Life Force began filming in England on February 2, 1984. Due to various difficulties, the film went over schedule by five weeks, nearly getting shut down by Cannon. The production was also reportedly competing for time and stage room with Return to Oz and Ridley Scott's Legend, which were filming at the same time as Life Force. According to actor Nicholas Ball, one of the Churchill's crew, the opening spaceship sequence was to blame for significant problems. Ball was signed on for three weeks, but spent far longer on the set due to the technical challenges. Since many of the actors were only paid scale, several threatened to quit over the lengthy delays. Hooper admitted that one of the most challenging scenes was the beginning, as the Churchill discovers the alien vessel. To achieve the appearance of weightless astronauts hovering in space, the actors were hung from wires 40 feet high, resulting in several of the actors vomiting from the physically taxing setup. Speaking of physically taxing, judging by Matilda May's time on the production, Life Force would probably never be made today, in the era of hashtag MeToo and Time's Up. Let's just say there was a lot of attention spent on the appearance of her crotch area, particularly by Hooper himself, which ultimately resulted in the 18-year-old actress wearing a pubic wig. Yes, a space vampire murking. During May's first day of filming, a conspicuous amount of carpenters and craftsmen were present, which prompted Hooper to film her remaining scenes on a closed set. Still, for all the movie's objectification of her physique, May was allegedly very comfortable on set without a robe, mingling nakedly with co-stars and crew members between takes. Since May spends nearly all of her screen time in the nude, translucent rubber soles were glued to her feet for some scenes, like when she ambles through broken glass after her initial escape. Clever placement of shadows across her body in various scenes ultimately helped avoid an X rating from the censorship boards. Makeup artist Nick Maley had the enviable job of keeping May's body appearing as flawless as possible. May spent her 19th birthday covered in fake blood for the iconic helicopter scene where Space Girl manifests from the blood of Patrick Stewart and Aubrey Morris's characters. 
In terms of the movie's non-Space Girl special effects, Academy Award winner John Dykstra, of Star Wars fame, was hired to oversee the production, from the phallus-shaped alien spaceship to the climactic destruction of London, which was performed with blue screen, optical effects, and miniatures, including an existing model village near Christchurch in the UK. Nick Maley was responsible for the extensive practical effects, including 500 prosthetic molds for the zombie victims during the final outbreak in London and the reveal of the vampire's true form after getting stabbed by Colonel Kane. Maley's work also included the pathologist's grisly death scene, a complicated sequence with an animatronic puppet that took a full week and a crew of more than 20 to accomplish. Toby Hooper would later refer to these desiccated zombie victims as the walking shriveled. For the sequence where the spirit of Space Girl is trapped in Patrick Stewart's body, Cooper had a special revolving room constructed as a way to add some excitement to an expository scene. The expensive spinning set could simulate 1G of gravity and was intended to have people and objects floating and colliding with the walls, but the effect is barely noticeable in the final scene. Script doctors Michael Armstrong and Olaf Pooley were brought to the set for screenplay polish, although their actual contributions to the final product are unknown. Scenes were written and never filmed, or shot only to wind up on the cutting room floor. Armstrong was apparently mortified by Hooper's chaotic methods on set. Editor John Grover called Life Force a very weird film. In addition to the inherent censorship problems from footage he describes as pornographic, he said that what was initially filmed was virtually unusable, at least until Hooper found his footing, after which the studio loved the Daily so much that they kept throwing more money at the production. Grover also stated that half the crew was basically on coke and stuff like that because they were all into drugs. I think they'd been seduced by the life force. It was even joked that cocaine was part of the film's budget, which may have, um, influenced Toby Hooper's creative decisions and directing style. Writer Dan O'Bannon later said that Hooper's work on the movie was, quote, like having Bozo the Clown at the helm. With a final cost around $25 million, Life Force became one of Canon's most expensive films, along with Masters of the Universe, Over the Top, and, ugh, Superman IV, The Quest for Peace. Hooper's own edit of Life Force ran 128 minutes long, but Canon was unhappy with the pace of the film and felt too much screen time was spent in outer space, so 12 minutes of footage was chopped from Hooper's original edit. Much of it was excised from the opening sequence of the Churchill traveling through space and the astronauts exploring the alien vessel. It was this very sequence that had excited music composer Henry Mancini to arrange the music for the film. Unfortunately, Mancini's score, featuring the London Symphony Orchestra, was also largely nixed from Hooper's cut. In the American release of the film, Mancini's score was replaced by musical cues arranged by Michael Kamen and James Guthrie. While producers Menachem Golan and Yoram Globus tangled with Hooper over the film's length, editor John Grover departed to work on Labyrinth, and in his absence, the film was completely reshaped beyond recognition. As a result, Hooper's original version was reduced to 116 minutes for the European release, which restored Mancini's full film score. But for the American release, the 116-minute version underwent even more cuts to remove carnage and erotic imagery until a scant 101-minute edit was ultimately shown in theaters. Hooper has voiced his displeasure with the interference of his original version, and he would go on to personally oversee the restored 116-minute Collector's Edition Blu-ray, released in 2013. The heavily edited Life Force opened in North America on June 21, 1985. The film became an instant box office failure, opening in fourth place behind Ron Howard's geriatric space drama Cocoon, The Goonies, and Rambo First Blood Part II on its fifth week in theaters. 
Life Force would go on to gross a total of $11.6 million at the domestic box office, less than half of its $25 million budget. Despite the poor showing and his differences with canon, Hooper would go on to complete his three-picture deal with the remake of Invaders from Mars, another collaboration with Dan O'Bannon, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, both released in 1986. Critically speaking, Life Force drew middling responses across the board. For example, Siskel and Ebert called it a guilty pleasure, while Janet Maslin of the New York Times called the film's style shrill and fragmented enough to turn into hysterical vampire porn. Leonard Maltin called the film ridiculous but so bizarre it's fascinating. While the adaptation drew mixed responses from critics, Space Vampire's author Colin Wilson utterly despised the film, saying the full frontal nudity was its only redeeming feature. Thematically, Hooper himself stated that the film is, at its core, men dealing with the feminine mystique or the feminine terror and dealing with the feminine inside themselves. We'll have to take him at his word. Life Force suffered through an extremely tumultuous production that ran over budget and out of time. The director's original vision was severely compromised by a slew of production hiccups and mishaps, creative differences, the restraints of British censorship, and eventual box office failure. But the film developed a rabid cult following with the advent of home video, growing in popularity over time to become one of Toby Hooper's most beloved and underrated movies. It just happens to also feature the most memorable space vampire girl in film history. Churchill, come in. This is Mission Control, Great Britain. Churchill, come in. This is Mission Control, Great Britain. Do you copy? Come in, Churchill. 